It might get loud. It might light a fire within you. It's all hands on deck. Now, for your listening pleasure, 94.9 News Now presents Mean Chet Martin, the Long Island redneck Brian Bro, and fearless C.V. Burton. This is Freedom on Deck. Welcome to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now, and stimulating talk. Chet Martin here with you, starting the show off with a discussion about the Memphis police officers who have been charged in the death of Tyree Nichols. Before we get started with that, CV and Brian Bro will be on the show. They're coming on the second segment, finishing out the show as well. And in between that, I'm doing a lot of interviews. We've got Eric Karen. He's the author of Switched On, The Heart and Mind of a Special Agent. He's former police. He's worked with the FBI. He's worked with CIA. He's he's a local guy from Massachusetts, police-born. Father was a uh, police sergeant. So we'll talk to him about this situation. Also, Swoop from Swoop's World, if you don't know when Swoop comes on, we may have talked about it a couple times, but he's former law enforcement as well. And Swoop was in very, very dangerous areas when he had the badge on. So these two guests are going to be talking about what's going on in memphis right now as well and in between that reggie little john she is the president of women's rights without frontiers and stop is is the site and when reggie comes on i'm sure she'll update everything for you when it comes to that so let's get right into it for the five former memphis police officers who have been charged in the death of tyree nichols at previous infractions with the department According to Memphis police personal records that were shared with NPR, former officers Demetrius Haley, Desmond Mills, Emmett Martin, Justin Smith, and Tadarius Bean were fired on January 20th and now being charged with murder. Video of the January 7th incident was released on last Friday. Four of those officers, Haley, Martin, Mills, and Smith, were reprimanded or suspended earlier for their failure to report when they used physical force, a failure to report a domestic dispute, or for damages sustained in their squad cars. So some of these weren't when they were in uh, behind the badge, okay? Um, Bean did not have any reprimands or suspensions in the files. The two discipline cases about the use of force focused on whether the officers filed the required reports about the incident and did not appear to examine the officers used force. So let's take a look at all these. I'm going to go briefly through them. I'm not giving you uh, the whole litany on each, each and every individual that was involved. Let's start with Demetrius Haley. Haley started at the department in 2020. He violated department policy in February 21st, uh, 2021, rather, sorry. He did not fill out a response to resistance from an incident where he grabbed a woman's arm to handcuff her. In a hearing regarding the incident, Haley misjudged the amount of force needed to warrant filing out the form. His lieutenant said Haley was hard, was a hardworking officer. All right. In August of 21. Haley crashed into a stop sign while responding to a call about an aggravated assault and was given a traffic ticket. During the hearing about the incident, Haley said that he was driving to the scene. Not not so much. The hearing officer wrote that Officer Haley took full ownership for the accident and was very humble. All right, Desmond Mills Jr., another uh, officer on the scene. Mills graduated with a degree in criminal justice from West Virginia. I don't care about that. In March 2019, Mills violated procedure when he dropped his personal digital assistant PDA into the street while entering his squad car. The device was then run over. It was Mills' first infraction. Later that month, Mills failed to file a response to resistance form when he used physical force to take a woman down to the ground so she could be handcuffed and arrested. Okay, uh, Emmett Martin III. Martin graduated from Bethel University in 15. In March of 2019, a loaded handgun was found in the rear passenger side of a squad car used by Martin and his partner. Martin said he failed to do a proper pre- and post-shift inspection and only inspected the car from the outside. In September of 2020, Martin violated protocol by mishandling a domestic abuse complaint between two sisters, one of those whose husband requested a report. Martin did not take the report and said he did not believe one was necessary. 
A fellow officer and lieutenant at the disciplinary hearing defended Martin. Memphis police officers are directed by department policy and state law to make a complete report on the scene of domestic abuse calls. So that shows you that Martin was issued, and he was also issued, a one-day suspension. In 21 evaluation, Martin ranked as exceeded expectations. Officer Martin is respectful. Uh, this is coming from his uh, upper Officer Martin is respectful when dealing with others, regardless of their sex, race, age, or rank. Well, it kind of shows that he's not, so they're they're uh, lying about that. Justin Smith. Smith began the department in March of 2018, January of 2020. He was passing a vehicle, crashed into its rear, causing a spin and crash into a third vehicle, which had two people inside. All parties were sent to the hospital. Smith said the driver of the second vehicle was right to left into the lane, and he went and he crashed into him, suddenly admitted to speeding, but said his memory was somewhat unclear due to the minor head injury from the airbag. Smith was issued a citation, suspended for two days. Uh, to Darius Bean, Bean started with the Memphis police in 2020, no prior infractions, and he's clean. All right, so for some of these, some of these uh, charges, while they were behind the bad show, at the very least, that these officers were not were not good officers. I mean, let's be let's be clear. And they were all hired in the last five years. So the big story that everybody's talking about, aside from the left who wants to continue to make this a violence issue that is uh, formed under the guise of racist police, and I've even seen CNN put out an article saying just because all the officers were black doesn't mean it wasn't a racist act. Well, the issue here is that all these folks that were hired ended up showing bad judgment and not reporting incidents where there was violence involved. And, and as we're seeing now, two of them had criminal records. Two of the officers here prior had the criminal records, and one of them was a domestic abuse incident. I believe the other one was a... Uh, I, I don't want to go. I don't have it in front of me. But I think both of them were domestic. I know the one was. So two of them were felons, okay? And being put into the, uh, the academy and trained, that's insane to me. I don't so much care about the fact that some of them had degrees, some of them didn't have higher learning degrees. When you're a police officer, I would say that the degree I want you have is the degree that you're a good human being and that you have a clean record and that you're not going to go around and behaving in a manner that is unjust to the way you represent the badge. Now, listen, I am by no means saying that this kind of stuff hasn't happened before. Of course it has. Unfortunately, it has happened throughout the scope of time. I could tell you a million incidents in the last year that are questionable uh, from high-ranking police officers in different jurisdictions. We have so many that have happened in New York. But what I am saying is a substandard hiring process with police academies throughout the country is not going to... Uh, come up and produce good results. I mean, it, it's insane to think that it would. But to say that these individuals here, that these individuals were spurred on by some kind of uh, uh, naked racism that they didn't know that they possessed is absolutely ridiculous. And to see CNN put something out like that is just, everybody knows it's BS. And anybody putting out a thought like that is full of BS. They're the same people that hang on to that that uh, that negative type of look that goes into watching what law enforcement officers do instead of looking at their contact character. So these folks are the reason that folks like this are being hired in the first place. That's the problem. Two of these officers, criminals, the rest of them, infractions they didn't report when they served the community. None of them should have been 
working at the time. If they've had, if they had followed by the books, fine. When we find out that they've had all these infractions and didn't report them, why were they, what, the, the infractions came years ago. So why are we finding out about it now? Why are the heads of the police departments in Memphis allowing this to happen? You've got five black police officers beating the snot out of somebody on a routine traffic stop, and now I'm hearing it's because the one guy was having sex with his wife. So let's all ca- let's all come back in a kumbaya moment. We're going to have a lot more discussion with this. CV and Brian are waiting. They're going to get into something with you. We have so many dis- we have so many guests today that are really going to give you a good look. And two former police officers, some of them you're really going to want to hear for sure. Don't go anywhere. Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now and Stimulated Talk. Welcome back to 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk, Fox News, on your FM dial. It's the Long Island Redneck, also known as the New Hampshire Redneck, and the fearless one, C.V. Burton. Hey. What's going on, C.V.? Well, we have this uh, mysterious spy balloon. <laughs> I, guess that, I guess we're going to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we've, we've, we have gone... Backwards in technology, <laughs> didn't they, wasn't this something that they did in like World War II? Devo, um, devolution, a, yeah, devolution. De- it's a very weird uh, subject, but I want to get right into this. Um, this is coming from an ABC article um, from Friday yesterday. It's U.S. officials say that a massive surveillance balloon believe. To be from China and first seen above uh, Montana is being tracked as it flies over the continent of the United States. Um, The United States government has detected and is tracking a high-altitude surveillance balloon that is flying over the continental United States right now, uh, Brigadier General Pat Ryder said in a statement on Thursday. NORAD... Uh, continues to track and monitor it closely. Now, what's interesting is, I'm not going to read this whole article, but I will read the one part that uh, that's a little further down, is that the U.S. officials confirmed that previous balloon incidents involving China occurred near Hawaii and Guam last year. In February of 2022, a balloon appeared to be uh, stationary in international waters northwest of Kauai, Hawaii, the officials said, and the Hawaii incident came shortly after after a similar incident that uh, that year near Guam, according to one of the officials, it just it, it, you know China has really gotten pretty brazen, wouldn't you say, CV, with yeah. with some of the things that we've seen from them, especially with Taiwan and and all that, and it just seems to me like they are ratcheting up uh, provocation. Because they really are, you know, are, are poking their f- Chinese finger in the eye of America. Exactly. I was saying earlier that this is the CCP flaunting the fact that they have Biden by the short and curlies. <laughs> because he's bought and paid for. Right. And uh, they're flaunting it. I, I heard there was another one flying over Canada because also Trudeau is in China's back pocket as well. They're showing their muscle that they can get away with anything. They know uh, the Biden regime is not going to shoot them down because uh, they ordered Biden not to shoot them down. <laughs> they, Biden does whatever they tell them to do. 
But then on the other hand, you know, what's in that balloon? Could it be, could there be bioweapons in there? Could it be some kind of trick? If you blow it up, uh, something bad will happen to us in a big way. Um, But uh, you had mentioned earlier that they could be, the balloon could be picking up data from our routers, you know, in in some other sure. backdoor way, rather than they 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 could be doing all types of stuff. Yeah. So what do you, you pro- know, what I do mean, you propose should be done about this? If you were, if uh, you were president or Trump was back in office, what what do you think? Oh, I would have shot person- that thing. I would have shot that thing down when it came into in, into our airspace. As yeah. soon as it hit Montana, it would have been done. Right. You know, I, I mean, listen. Um, the the thing that you know that is serious about this is that it can be it, you know it can be anything it could be them collecting data them taking pictures of our military uh, installations our government installations uh, they could be uh, and this is a really serious one they could they could, that thing could be an EMP that thing could be a weapon they could mm-hmm. they could they could set off an EMP that high over the United States, which would affect pretty much the entire country. Mm-hmm. And they don't even have to affect the entire country. Most most experts on the subject of EMPs state that they only have to uh, affect a small area of the country because if you hit the power grid, let's just say you hit the power mm-hmm. grid um, in the, uh, uh, and affected the size of Kansas, it would be a ripple effect across the whole country. Right. You remember probably about 10 or 12 years ago, uh, maybe a little longer than that, maybe about 15 years ago now, when we, when we had that small power uh, blackout for a few days yeah, uh, on the eastern seaboard. Yeah, and they said and it that was, was hacked. Fr- they said our power grid was hacked. Well, it ended up being, whether it was hacked or not, it ended up being because a coal um, electric power plant went down, and I believe it was Ohio or Illinois, mm-hmm. and and it caught and it sent a ripple effect because, one, you know what I mean, our power grid relies on all of these power plants producing a certain amount of energy, you know what I mean, and dispersing that over a certain amount of area. And when one goes down, it makes it makes the other grids have to try to compensate and then they all start going down. Right. So, you know, if they if they hit us with an EMP from that weather balloon, it would be a serious, serious thing. What does EMP stand for exactly again? Uh, electromagnetic pulse. Ah, okay, great. You know what I would do yeah, with this so. balloon? I would have the military figure out how to tow it out to sea tow it out to sea first and then blow it to smithereens because we don't know what's in it we don't know what what you know what i mean if it's a bioweapon it would probably dissipate and become less effective if it's over the sea being hit by the sun the oxygen getting at it you know kills bacteria and and viruses naturally so if it's away from people, and it's, I think t- towing out to sea would be best because it, it, also if it's a, some kind of bomb or EMP, let it blow up out out at sea, not over the suburbs of Montana or wherever it is. And did you see the story in Gateway? They just said that uh, there was an explosion over I forget where it was. I think it was. So, ex- no, 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 the- massive explosion over Montana. And oh, that, that's over, the same. That's the same area where the spy balloon was spotted, was it not? Where, where it was first spotted. Oh, where it was first spotted. Maybe it's a second balloon, and they shot that down. Well, they they showed the trajectory on the map as heading kind of from Montana south uh, on a diagonal kind of towards Florida. Right. You know, and um, you know, so the. My thing is this, is that, you know, one, I don't know what our government is doing. Uh, you know, are we flying you know, spy balloons over China, too? Um, I don't know. But I can tell you it is everything that has been going on with China in the last couple of years, especially since this administration took office, has just been going downhill. Right. I mean, they, I mean, they have they have they have strafed the airspace of Taiwan. They have sent um, 
you know, Chinese military planes very close to Hawaii and other places like Guam, Taiwan. And, you know, and it, it, Taiwan. Yeah, it's just they are ratcheting up, and you know, they're building islands, and they just keep building islands and 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 militarizing them uh, in the South China Sea. Um, it doesn't stop with China, and 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 I believe that that is because. Like you said, Joe Biden is compromised. I mean, him and Hunter Biden are, I mean, they are bought and paid for by China. So China could do whatever they want with this administration. And I don't think you're going to see any real hard uh, action taken against China. Um, no sanctions are going to be taken or anything like that. What do you think? No, that's you're making a good point. And they're also trying to figure out how reactive we're going to be towards a Taiwan attack. Because they want to take Taiwan, and this is almost like a test to see if uh, how far they can push us without us reacting. Because I don't think that the Biden regime is going to protect Taiwan at all. I mean, they might do some kind of token gesture to look like they're doing something, but they're going to let China take Taiwan, in my opinion. But we're running up against the clock, so uh, you want any last words on this topic? No, I think we hit the nail on the head. I mean, you know, I think people need to stay vigilant. And I think, uh, you know, I think we need to stay um, watchful on China. Yeah. Do we even know that this is a China balloon could be a Russian balloon? How do we know? How do we even know it's a balloon? Maybe it's some other kind of drone uh, technology. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure we have some technology that'll tell us exactly, exactly. if they can see yeah. if they can see the head of a, a head of a dime uh, from a satellite in space yeah, on yeah. a sidewalk on in yeah. Manhattan. I'm sure they can read the signature on that balloon. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's a it's a balloon. So, we just don't know what's inside it. All right. So exactly. that's, that's it for this uh, segment. We'll be back for segment six to do the wrap up of the show. See you later, Brian. Coming up next, Chad is doing an interview with Eric Karen. Following that, Swoop. And then, one of my favorites, Reggie Littlejohn. And then Brian and I will be back to wrap up the show. Stay here at Freedom on Deck, 94.9 FM, Fox News Radio. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck on 94.9 News Now. And stimulating talk on the line with us right now is the author of Switched On, The Heart and Mind of a Special Agent, Mr. Eric Karen. Well, we're going to start it off with your background in law enforcement and as a special agent. Yeah. We saw what happened in Memphis. A uh, pretty bad situation being, I, I wouldn't say glorified by the media, but they're trying with every turn to turn this into a problem for the police. The amazing right. thing is, as I talked to you prior to coming on the show, you said, hey, check, go check out my site and a piece that I wrote two years ago, which everybody can find on switchedonlife.com. Now, the importance of this article was you, you were talking about the decay of policing in America and substandards and what that would turn into as far as hiring of uh, BLM, hiring of many leftists into uh, law enforcement, how that could turn badly. Describe to our listeners when you wrote this, why you wrote it, and how you knew this was coming down the pikes as far as law enforcement in this country of America. Well, Chad, thank you for, for, for having me. I appreciate it. You know, I put this at the feet of woke liberal politicians. They have blood on their hands tonight and every night. Um, you know, two years plus years ago, when uh, the nation was erupting um, throughout, throughout, you know, the, the country uh, relating to George Floyd, um, tragic incident, 
uh, should never have happened. But the liberal mayors allowed our citizen, our, our country to burn. Um, and so one night I was uh, watching um, Washington, D.C., and police, uh, a police precinct was surrounded by um, people yelling at them, spitting at them, assaulting police officers and telling, yelling at them to take off the uniform, take off the uniform. And I pondered what that meant and, and reflected that night. What, what did that mean to America when people are asking good officers who are well-trained, well-dedicated um, to take off the uniform? And I said to myself, wow, if they take off the uniform, who will put the uniform on? And I believed, and I believe today, it, it's come to fruition in that the woke politicians, mayors, and others will force good police officers out of the job, and we're seeing that. They will lower standards because they can't get anybody to take the jobs, and police departments across America will be forced to hire known or associated BLM members or Antifa members to fill the, to fill the void. They will put on the uniform. And they will be policing America because of our liberal, woke politicians. So this incident that happened in Memphis, and you know, the information is still dripping out, we know that these officers, some of these officers should have never been hired. But they gave the standards. They weren't properly vetted. In fact, one of them had a history, at least one, maybe two, had a history of, of assaulting people. And... But again, so I put this right at the foot feet of of our liberal mayors and politicians throughout America who are forcing good police officers, good police officers to take off the uniform and allowing bad guys to put on the uniform that should shock every single American. You know, Eric, I don't know if you remember when Barack Obama was first voted into office, he talked about a separate police force. He was talking about a separate police force to patrol the communities. Is You know, it, it sounds like yeah. this is what he was talking about. A lot of people, including Michael Savage and a few other voices on the airwaves, say this is the modern-day brown shirts. Uh, it kind of seems like this is all coming to fruition. That's what, And just so everybody knows, uh, go to switchedonlife.com. The article is yep. called Take Off the Uniforms. You do a great job. Uh, is this what Obama was talking about? Yeah, I, I believe it. It it it, uh, it is. I mean, he also, as you as you remember, he he took away tools that the police departments across America needed. You know, the heavy armored vehicles um, and long guns, uh, automatic weapons, uh, and other tactical, if you will, uh, equipment. He, Obama and, and Biden now have basically told um, the, the police departments across America, you don't need this equipment because it looks – we're militarizing policing in America, and it, looks, it doesn't look good. And so I asked a question – who, who's who, the first responders, as we all know, is within 10, 15 minutes on average who shows up is 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 police officers. Um, so when a terrorist walks into a mall or a church with an AK-47 or maybe an RPG, we have police officers showing up with handguns because Barack Obama, Joe Biden basically took tools away and not only not only military, if you will, equipment, but now as you see, you can't you can't do a choco hold on him. You 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 have to you know maybe ask them please put their hands behind their backs and if they want to fight, well, you just take it. You you just let them assault you and maybe even kill you, but you can't you can't put them in a chokehold to restrain them of any sort or you know any other knee on the back or knee on the chest, 
So that's why police officers across America, as you know, are leaving the job. They're like, wait a minute. I make on average fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year uh-huh. to risk to risk my life, and you're you're not allowing me to defend myself and defend my citizen the citizens. And then when I do, I'm pre- I'm prosecuted. No, 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 no. I mean, anybody, I I wouldn't put on the uniform today. Truthfully, I, I wouldn't. Truthfully, no way. I would. I would not put on the uniform today, and um, and and do any form of policing only because that you, you, as all officers know, there's a target on your back. There's a target on your back. You make a mistake, an honest mistake, you're going to be prosecuted. And I asked a question too, Chet. Do we prosecute doctors who make a mistake that you know? That ended up, you know, is operating on somebody. It makes a mistake on the operating table in a sterile only, environment. Only if it, it, only if the media is behind that. I mean, you could. The only time I can think of that, Eric, maybe when Michael Jackson died. I mean, and like, uh, uh, they get a, they get a pass. Police don't. That's the bottom line. And I'm, and, yeah. we, and I'm not saying that it should go either way. But it, right. but you make the great point. They say, and and a lot of the point from a, a a leftist is, well, they took the job. That's what they say about the police. And I say, mm-hmm. well, if they took the job, give them the tools to do their job. But you're not giving them the tools to do their job. So uh, yeah, it's it's going to result in in some very bad, unscrupulous people taking the jobs from uh, trained and very capable law enforcement officers. Eric, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you know, we will we will see anarchy across this nation. Um, We're seeing it already. You know, we're seeing already people storming stores, bad guys are storming stores and just ripping off thousands of dollars worth of products and walking out. No one's doing anything. What about the fact that in San Francisco, and it may be across. It may be in other areas too. You have to steal over nine hundred dollars worth yep. of material before they can stop you from stealing it. I mean, it's you, you look. You say, "What is this? this? Is the Twilight Zone I'm living through, Eric?" Yeah, yeah. We it is. Uh, it is unfortunate, and um, I pray every night for our nation. And thank you, Chet for what you do and, and the folks that work with you, what you folks do, because, you know, you're a mouthpiece for freedom. And thank you, sir. God bless you, Eric. Thank you very much. Was Eric J. Karen, author of Switched On Life, the heart and mind of a special agent, go to switchedonlife.com. You can see the article we were speaking about. You can get in touch with Eric if you want the emails. And you can also order that book. Get the book. The book is wonderful. I've read it twice. Uh, it really is. If you have family involved with law enforcement, it's it's a really important book for you and your family, honestly. Okay, don't go anywhere. We're going to come back with Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now, and Stimulating Talk, WJJF Fox News Radio. Welcome back to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now, and Stimulating Talk. On the line with us, all-time legend to the show, the greatest regular ever, aside from Zandagib, I'd have to say, but the host of Swoop's World, I'm talking about Mr. Swoop himself. Swoop, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Chet. Thanks a lot, brother. Always happy to be here and uh, ready to do it. Let's do it, man. Yeah, yeah let, <laughs> let's do it. And let's talk about what's what happened in Memphis. And I know this is something that you've been paying attention to. And as a former police officer with the badge, first of all, the beating was heinous. The death is heinous. The charges are heinous. The crime was heinous. I think we're all in the same lane when it comes to that. Now, the the mixed up part of it for me 
is the media's coverage of this situation has me scratching my head. Uh, one CNN article came out and said just because all the officers are black doesn't mean that the attack was not racist. But the other part of it that's very interesting to me is the record of these officers criminally in many of the in two of the officers they had criminal charges five of the officers had been reprimanded over issues that involved violence while they were behind the shield and from what i can read and from what i understand right now they were hired under a different standard from what memphis police were doing what do you see here why are bad officers being let into the force? Why are people with criminal backgrounds being allowed to become police officers? And when you were when you had the shield on, was it like this, or is this kind of foreign to you? Oh man, you, there's a lot to unpack there, brother. I know. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's 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 take it back from the top. Uh, you know, we're seeing all these uh, you know these these uh, comments talking about that it's it's a it's still a racist attack and stuff. And and that's by the race hustlers. That's just how they. This how they butter their bread. That's how they feed their kids. They keep, they keep us. Try they try to keep us divided on, on along racial lines, no matter what happens. And so, you know, we can count that off and scratch that away. It's just BS. Um, you know, when you talk about the, the the Memphis lowering their standards, you know, some of the, several of these articles have talked about. Oh well. They no longer required uh, this many college units and this much military service. This much, okay, stuff. And, you know, and some of it has to do with uh, you know physical physical standards. Whether you know, let's let's get away from that because you know whether whether or not somebody uh, is is a, has a college education or, or a whole lot of college credits doesn't make them a better human being. Doesn't make them less violent. What you have to look at is the lowering of the standards for past crimes, uh, criminal behavior, uh, gang associations, things like that. Right. And, and, and that's, that's where the, 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 the pendulum swings really, really wildly. You know, this is nothing new. Back in the 80s, Miami uh, lowered their standards, and they had a ration of uh, people who were ripping off drug dealers, getting in gun, gun battles with drug dealers, uh, taking their money, taking their drugs. And lo and behold, it was a, – a, a bunch of guys tied to the Miami Police Department who came in under lowered standards. You know, when you start letting people in who have a history of violent backgrounds, who have a history of hanging out with gang members, who have a history of selling drugs or associated with drugs, that's what you get. In the 90s, LAPD lowered their standards, and then you had the uh, the Rampart scandal. And several of the guys involved with that, Rafael Perez and, and a few others, had ties to the local uh, uh uh, gangs in, in Los Angeles had uh, somewhat type of criminal backgrounds and things like that. When you lower the standards on the on the uh, criminal side and the criminal association side, that's where you get these these strong bad apples. If you lower this, you know they've lowered standards in the past for. Uh, uh, physical things, and and then mostly back in the and in the eighties, they did that to get more women on, you know, because they were smaller stature stuff like that. A lot of the physical stuff, by the time they come out of the academy, they're pretty much up to par because of all mm -hmm. the PT stuff you got to do in the academy. Somebody who comes in with a GED, by the time they come out of the academy, they either have learned learn to have the ability to learn or, they, or they've been washed out generally speaking so when you and, and it's interesting that the, the articles i read from several different uh, news outlets only mentioned that memphis lowered their standards uh when it came to certain kinds of education points and stuff like that i know the only, the only article that i read that talked about that they lowered their standards when it came to cr pre previous criminal convictions was on npr which really surprised me because i thought they would go the other way too but uh you know and that's 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 the key here i don't know the, the complete backgrounds of these guys but they obviously are bad apples and one of the guys i know was uh, had, had been convicted i don't know if you're convicted of but uh, had beat somebody severely when he was a prison guard prior to being uh, yes. hired by the Memphis PD. And so this is nothing new when they talk about, oh, well, with all this stuff against the police, they're having a tough time recruiting. Yes, they're having a tough time recruiting. They're having a tough time. Um, filling you know, spots, right? I mean, because, filling, filling because spots, police more, are leaving. Yeah, guys are retiring. Guys are 
a lot of guys are a lot of men and women are retiring because they're of, of that of that age and they've they've done their you know they've they've served their time. Uh, but a lot of people have have are leaving because of the the atmosphere around police these days. So it is harder to get people in. But when you lower standards, see this is a thing that. The, the left really always pushes lowering standards and lowering standards. Uh, they, you know, they say, well, we need to lower these standards so we can get my more, more minorities. What they're saying is we're better than you. You know, you, you, you don't have to live up to the standards that we are, we're accustomed to. Mm. So we're going to lower our standards to let you poor Brown, black female, whatever, get into our, get into our club. And you, there's really no reason to lower standards to, 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 to get more people in. Why, why lower, why lower standards? Why, why lower the, 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 you know, the SAT scores. So, so more people can enter college. Now, now here's the thing. If you lower the, if you lower the standards for the entry, entry level to get in the university, and then you you require university credits to be a Memphis police officer. Have you really hired a, a better candidate than you would have previously? No, no. because the, the, the standards to get into the college are lower. Right. So that, that, that's 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 BS. What you really have to con- concentrate on is this this uh, lowering of standards for people who who you know are just bad people that have uh you know they they commit they've committed crimes before and they're going to continue to commit crimes you know the, you select police police officers from the general society you know yep. and no matter what no matter where you go no matter what profession you think of uh, there's bad apples. There's going to be bad apples in the teaching profession and the medical profession and the grocery store profession. You name it, there's bad apples. What you try to do is you try to eliminate as many of those bad apples as you can because you got guys running around uh, with badges and guns. And those are the people you really don't want to come in and have shown a propensity to commit crimes. Absolutely. And I, and I think that this was sort of predictable. I mean, people were saying that as police were walking out and, and retiring or didn't want the job anymore because it was too dangerous, you knew that you were going to get a lower standard of officer. Didn't, isn't that predictable, Keith? It not only is it predictable, it's it's been proven. Yeah, you could you could see, like I said, you you could look at Miami in the '80s. You could look at the the Rampart scandal at LAPD in the '90s. You could look, uh, you know, there, I'm sure there's something you can look at in New York. You know, I mean, there uh, any any police department that has done this has done it in the past. So there's no there's no reason to be surprised in the present. It's do you, do you remember proven. when? Do you remember that officer that was aligned with uh, Suge Knight and the Bloods, and he ended up being tied in with the shooting of uh, Biggie? And this was yeah. this was something that happened back in the late '90s, and the guy had been a part of the Blood Street Gang for years, had been pictured with Suge Knights in all red suits and driving around in a Porsche. I mean, come on, man, we know these guys are those, thugs. Those, these are thugs those. with badges. Those are the guys I'm talking about that were involved in that Rampart scandal. Two of those guys robbed the bank. And robbed the bank, and one of the girlfriends was a getaway driver. So, I mean, you know, these guys were criminals before they came on. They they should have never been allowed to get hired, and then and they should have washed out during the process. But the the thing is, is that you lower these standards to allow more people to come on for whatever reason. I know that whatever quota wanted to, the the the, the uh, government entities wanted to fill at the time and this is what you get and so we, no one should be surprised at, at the, these types of activities and they're horrendous and yes you could predict this is going to happen but we shouldn't be in a position where it's happening because these people should have never been hired we've seen it so many times in the past why are we still lowering standards bingo i don't i think you summed it up pretty nicely there swoop tell everybody where they could check you out please swoopsworld.com and uh, we're going to be back on the regular uh, uh, broadcasting thing here within uh, a few weeks got new ups- uh, new, a new website uh, come, getting updated and things are starting to happen now and, and I'm going to looking forward to getting you on the show Chet heck yeah I know you keep telling you keep dangling that that carrot in front of me <laughs> literally weeks alright I'm, I'm ready man we'll, we'll be talking some good stuff I'm sure and everybody check out Swoops World it's great don't go anywhere we have more freedom on deck on the way of the seagull come the spread claws of the eagle only fear breaks the silence as we all kneel pray for guidance
back to Freedom on Deck on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. It's been a while since she has been on with us, but on the line, president of Women's Rights Without Frontiers. The site is womensrightswithoutfrontiers.org. The president, Miss Reggie Littlejohn. Now, I wanted to get into something you told me about, and this is about the Sichuan province uh, going doing away with the three-child policy, but the fact of the matter is China is not. Um, what is this all about? Detail this for our listeners, Reggie. Okay, so the first thing I want to say is China has not ended the three-child policy, okay? Um, it has ended in one province, so that's Sichuan province. And uh, Sichuan province has about 80 million people in it, China has about 1.4 billion people. So there are 1,320,000,000 people who are still under the three-child policy. Now, that being said, it's, it's very exciting to me that – and, and this is going to start on February 15th. It hasn't even started yet, okay? That, mm-hmm. So, But it's very exciting to me that starting on February 15th, there, that there will be one province in China – where women where forced abortion is going to stop and forced sterilization is going to stop. So um, what, what it is is they have uh, issued the, – the, the Department of Public Ministry in Sichuan Province has issued a directive saying that, number one, unmarried women will be allowed to have children, you know, which is an admission <laughs> that they were forcibly aborting. Unmarried right. women before that, right? And then, um, and then also that that people can have as many kids as they want. So they're not going to stop this. You know, they're not going to abort forcibly abort the fourth child. Um, so, so, so this is a this is wonderful news for the people of Sichuan Province. Um, and the reason for it is not that China has suddenly re, you know repented and understood that they are committing. You know, human rights atrocities. Uh, it, the reason for it is that they are facing an, a demographic implosion. So, just about a week or two ago, they published the fact that they that that for the first time in 60 years. So, this would be from the first time since the, I think the Great Leap Forward that their population has actually gone on the decline, and they are very worried about that. Because demographers forecast that by 2035, okay, so that's just 12 years from now, yep. 400 million people, 30% of the entire population of China will be 60 and above, which is retirement age for them. That, you know, and they, and they don't have the young population to support these elderly. So they are facing a senior tsunami, and that's why I, I believe that Sichuan province is a test case. I think that they're going to see how it goes there. And if it goes well, roll it out through most of the rest of China. How did they not, and it's such a horrible thing to talk about and say it like this, but how did they not predict that those numbers would come about? I mean, that's, it's kind of obvious, isn't it? Oh, you know something? That is a really good question. And I can give you my opinion. Okay. Yes, yes, it's been obvious. I mean, their own demographers have been jumping up and down for probably 20 years telling them you need to stop forcing abortions because what's going to happen is that, you know, the, the population is going to decline and you're going to be in, in exactly the situation that they find themselves in now, which is that a third of their population soon is going to be retirement age and they and they have no ability to support them right. okay so they've been saying this for probably 20 years why has the chinese communist party not why are they why have they waited till now to even acknowledge it and in my opinion the reason is that even though they saw that they were going to be in the situation that they are currently in even though they saw that they chose to continue the forced abortion and the forced sterilization because this was their method of terrorizing their own people. Because the Chinese Communist Party is a brutal totalitarian regime. They were never elected. They just took over and they have used the one-child policy, the two-child policy, three-child policy as a pretext or as an excuse to inst- institute this massive infrastructure of basically family planning police or womb police to drag women out of their homes, even up to the ninth month of pregnancy, and force them to abort their babies. I mean, the things that they have done have been 
unimaginable to people in the United States or to the Western world. And they wanted to keep those policies so that they could have an excuse to have that infrastructure to terrorize people because that's the only way they can keep their grip on power. That's why, that's why I think that they waited this long. So it's, it's control. It's to show popu- their population that, hey, although we're, uh, we're changing some of our policies, if we want, we can still come out and round you up and kill you. Well, well, that that's also true. So I, it's going to be interesting to see whether the people of Sichuan will take them up on this because they could just turn around and 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 reverse it. So this happened in Xinjiang. Okay. Yep. This is so. This is among the Uyghur Muslims where they are committing genocide. Right. Mm-hmm. So listen to what they did. The the, the under the one child policy, Uyghurs were allowed to have three children. Because um, they're an ethnic minority and and in the countryside, they were allowed to have three children. Then China went to a two-child policy. And what they did is they said the two-child policy has to be applied equally to everyone. So then they jailed Uyghurs who had three children or more or or three children. Mm. Even though it was legal under the one-child policy, it became illegal under the two-child policy. And, and they used it as an excuse to intern millions of, uh, of Uyghurs. No one in China trusts trust the government. I mean, you know, you know I have this, this, um, this network inside of uh, China that's saving baby girls. And when they went from a one-child policy to a two-child policy and from a two-child policy to a three-child policy, people in my network said that they, they didn't want to have more kids because they didn't know if they would reverse the policy and then, you know, find them or jail them or, God forbid, take away their kid. So I, I don't think that China is going to see the population boom that it's trying to get out of moving, removing this uh, three-child policy and such a one. I think what's going to happen is people are just, they might see like a little bump in fertility. And then other than that, you know, they're not going to see the kind of population boom that they, that they need in order to survive as a nation. In the religious minorities uh, in China, like the Uyghur, Muslims, the Falun Gong, have been abused for so long. Uh, it almost seems like a move like that is just uh, simply to to enforce the CCP's regulations of, of abusing people. And this is something that uh, uh, it would it would be great if the media would cover what you cover more, Reggie. And I commend you on that, as I say many, many times when you come on the show. Uh, It still hasn't caught on. I still don't see enough being talked about from the media. There's got to be a change here. This is is a country that is absolutely doing the most disgusting, horrific things that you could only compare with Adolf Hitler's Germany. And it just seems like our population doesn't care. And why do you think that is? Um, I, I, I don't know, but I, I, you know, I mean, I think maybe people have compassion fatigue. You know, there's so many atrocities going on in the world. But I'll just say this, that China is the most populous country in the world. Um, one fifth of, of everyone in the world lives in China. So it's just it, so the fact that one fifth of the women in the world are subject to you know, still subject to forced abortion um, and for, you know, under under the three child policy. So what I would encourage people to do is take action. And, and here's something little that you can do that would make an impact. So you go on my website. It's women's rights without frontiers dot org, women's rights without frontiers dot org. And on the menu bar, you can see, you know, click on sign our petition. We've got about 41,000 signatures on a petition to end forced abortion in China. Great. And I would ask you to add your your signature. I'm trying to get up to 50,000. And when we do, we'll go to the Chinese um, embassy in Washington, D.C. and deliver these uh, with, you know, with like a press conference. But we need to press press on this because I think it can happen. OK, so they've they've they're they're ending it in Sichuan province. And if we press them. Hopefully they'll end it in the rest of China. But the thing that the real test of this is whether they're going to be willing to end it in Xinjiang and in Tibet. You know, I think that what's going to happen is they're going to end it 
um, in most of China, but not where the ethnic minorities are because they want to increase the Han Chinese population and they don't want to increase you know, the Uyghur population or the Tibetan population. President of Women's Rights Without Frontiers, Reggie Littlejohn. Reggie, tell everybody where they go and check you out one more time. So women's rights without frontiers.org. If you want to help save baby girls in China, you can ch or, or abandoned widows in China, it's you know there's big red buttons on the homepage where you can click and find out more about that. Absolutely, Reggie. And for the listeners, we're a pro-life show. You guys are pro-life. Be pro-life. Do what you practice what you preach. Reggie, thank you so much. Thank you, Chad. I really appreciate it. All right, guys. Brian and CV are going to close the show out with the last segment of the day here on Freedom on Deck, 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. There's a Watch me Welcome back to Freedom on Deck, 94.9 FM, Fox News Radio. Thank you, Chet Martin. Great show, great guest as usual. And we have Brian Bro and myself, C.V. Burton here, ending the show, wrapping it up in a nice little bow. And Brian, what do you have as grist for our, our ever-grinding mill, as they say? Oh, gosh. Uh, I mean, there's, there's so many things to talk about. Um, I, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put one out there. You know, everybody's, everybody's kind of been on, you know, McCarthy's, oh, McCarthy's been, you know, he's been doing so good. He's been doing this, that, and the yeah. other thing. You know, a, he, a news reporter asked him, you know, of course, uh, if, if Ashley Babbitt was murdered or if he thought the officer that shot her was just doing his job. And he bluntly, cold-heartedly just says, I believe the officer was doing his job. And then he just goes to the next next uh, um, you know, journalist. And it's just like, wow, man. You know, it, yeah. it, he's such a he's such a rhino, and and I know he is he is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. You know, I, I really wish that there were less spineless Republicans in the yeah. Republican Party that would have went up against him, but obviously they didn't. And, uh, you know, and it's just, yeah, it, it's a lot like Nancy Pelosi, you know, when Nancy, when, when, when that, when the gavel was, uh, was up for grabs, old Nancy got the gavel and, you know, and, and all the other Democrats in, in Congress, you know, tucked their tail and, 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 and you know, and, Casted their ballot for for Nancy, and they did the same thing with uh, Kevin McCarthy. Well, that that was a complicated issue. Like they didn't have enough votes to bring in somebody that was a true MAGA through and through, and so they the the twenty MAGA re representatives made him concede to a lot of points and uh, gave them a lot of power. So the MAGA Republicans definitely have a strong seat at the table here. So, but I was very disappointed at McCarthy for saying that. I don't know if he even, oh, yeah. did he even research it? Does he even care? I think what, what the 118th Congress should have done day one was to release the political dissidents from the gulags of D.C. jails and solitary confinement. These people have been, I don't know how many there, there were. I think there was like a thousand of them uh, that they arrested people who attended the rally on January 6th and they don't even get to see the inside of a courtroom. They're just left there indefinitely. I think only a, a small handful ever had their case adjudicated. This is, this is a, a crime against humanity and they should be released immediately, don't you think? Absolutely. You know, it, 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 what I don't understand is, you know, what don't you have the right to, to, uh, to a speedy trial? Yeah. I thought you had a right that to a speedy trial. Yes, that's in the Constitution. <clears throat> you know what? What? What's speedy about two years? Because, <laughs> because under the Bush administration, following nine eleven, they had the Patriot Act, and that prompted the government to be able to spy on American citizens. And then, when Obama got in, he added something to the Patriot Act, which is they can arrest 
domestic what what they call domestic terrorist doesn't even have to be solidly defined. Anybody that is accused of, as a domestic terrorist are disqualified from having their constitutional rights anymore. So that's what happened to the and they, they were all they were already planning to use this against patriots. Let's be honest, under the Obama administration and here oh, under, yeah. the, under the Biden administration, all these things are in place to use against decent, hardworking, taxpaying Americans. And this is uh, the start of a communist regime because this is what they do in communist states. Oh, absolutely. Well, it just goes. It's almost like the story that came out this uh, past week about Hunter Biden's laptop, where Hunter Biden had finally he finally admitted that it was his laptop. And it's like the, the, the lawyers representing Hunter Biden have requested investigations into former President Donald Trump's allies for trafficking stolen information from Biden's laptop. Yeah. It's like, wait, what? That's the twist that they put on it. Yeah. Everybody, you know, because ladies and gentlemen, they're so panicking that they're going on the offensive now. Why? Because they can. Because we have a double standard in this country, right? So it, so it, it's from the justice. The letter was sent to the Justice Department, and, and you know, but but the letter names Rudy Giuliani, who served as Trump's lawyer at the time, um, John Paul uh, Mac Isaac, who claimed that Biden left the uh, water damaged laptop at his Wilmington, Delaware repair store and, and, and so on and so forth, you know, and, and, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of other people that are going to be um, caught up in that, but it's just like, so, so him admitting that it's his laptop and all of this stuff being on his laptop that no, 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 that we don't care about that. No, we we care about the fact that somebody leaked this information. Right. We care about, you know, that this got out to the, to the press. And it's just like, no, 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 no. A crime was committed here. <laughs> there, there was a crime. You're, you're worried about the reporter that reported the crime? You're worried about the person that called into the police station? No, you should be worried about the crime that was committed by the person who is, whose father is the sitting president of the United States. Yeah. All this ties into how they treat journalists as well. I think several months ago, they the FBI raided this guy's uh, his name is Meeks, this journalist from ABC, and they raided his house. And then it only came out, I think, in the news the other day that they claim they found child porn on his computer, which is definitely planted, in my opinion, because even Shell Atkinson said they tried to do that to her husband, plant right. child porn We're, onto it, that computer. Because this guy Meeks, I forget his first name. What's his first name? Uh, I can't remember. All right, what well, doesn't matter. Right but um, he was actually doing his job. He was actually being a journalist. He was reporting about the DOJ, the FBI, and the Pentagon, and all their shady dealings, and they didn't like it. So they got rid yeah, of him. J- James, James Gordon Meek. Yeah, that's him. And, they, uh, and he disappeared. They disappeared him because he's a political dissident. This is what they do to political dissidents in communist regimes. This is a communist regime, ladies and gentlemen. What are we going to do about it? That's what I want to know. Well, that's the that's a good question. You know, I I don't understand why the American people keep taking blow after blow after blow on the chin, yeah, and and doing nothing about it, not standing up. I I don't understand it. I mean, it, it, it are you are you afraid to lose? Um. Are you afraid of success? Some, some. I mean, are you? Well, are you afraid to lose your way of life? Yeah. To take a stand. Yeah. Or, or, or do nothing and lose your way of life because you did nothing. And it's hard to find the outrage, the appropriate outrage, amongst any talking heads, whether they have a podcast or a radio show. You don't hear people saying, "Let you know, what are we going to do about this?" But I, I'm not advocating a civil war or anything. Don't get me wrong. I want to do right. this legally. Uh, we'll get Donald Trump hopefully back into the White House because it, things were good on, under him. Uh, he was the first one to expose the the deep state. And uh, he shined a light on globalism. He opened our eyes. He was everything that they were afraid of. 
and he kept his promises and I want him to come back. But we have two years to figure out how to have honest elections. <laughs> we have two years to get honest elections in order to get him back in the White House. That's what I have to say about that. <laughs> well, what do you think? You think I, I, do you think I, it's possible I, to get honest elections anymore? I don't think so. Wow, I know that's I know that's crazy to say. I don't think so. The, the only way I could see it happening, and, and, and really, it wouldn't be one hundred. Nothing's foolproof, but yeah. is you have to go back to the to the way it used to be. Yeah. A paper, you had a paper ballot, and things were counted by hand. Or you had analog machines where you went in and you exactly. ticked a couple and you ticked a couple knobs, and and you pulled a lever and the curtain opened and your and your coat was tabulated. Yeah, they, that's uh, how I they mean, do it in uh, France. Your, your vote, I mean, your vote was tabulated. They do it in you France know, that it, way. They use paper ballots and it's all counted by ten thirty at night and everybody knows who the winner is in France. Right? They don't use computers. You, you can't on tell me. Yeah, you can't tell me that it. Listen. You better wrap it up. Was soon. it that? We're up against the clock. We better. Wrap we're it up going soon. to. So was it that? Was it that long ago, ladies and gentlemen, that we had that we knew who the president was by ten thirty at night, and 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 everything was paper ballots. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah, exactly. It really wasn't. Just hey, listen. Stay strong. Keep listening to Freedom on Deck, and we'll see you next week. Don't turn the dial. There's still more 94.9 News Now and stimulating talk to come.